Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. I'm excited. I would introduce my co-host with me, but unfortunately, this man got a flat tire. Hopefully, George is good. But in, line, but in light of all that, uh, we have a special guest, and I'm excited. Um, she's a very, outside of just all that she shares on her social media platforms, just getting to know her over the past year or so, conversating with her. It's always evolving like her Instagram name says. So I'm just going to go straight to it. Annabelle, what's up? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm great. You know, just <laughs> kicking it at the crib, drinking coffee a lot, a lot more than I would love to. But, you know, it's fun. Other than that, life's, <laughs> life is good, consistent. That's been the de deconditioning and some consistency. That's been the keys of my life right now. Good. That's super important. <laughs> yes. I feel like we don't really give ourselves time to decondition and to really stay in another consistent line life. I feel like quarantines allowed us to visit ourselves in ways we've never had before. Yeah. That's the thing. Like whether we wanted to or not, <laughs> we I, just got this like surprise. Here's an opportunity to reevaluate you know, what's going on in your home, in your mind, like what are your priorities? It's mm. That's kind of the silver lining to all yeah. this. I like because you said home and mind, and I think those are two good things because a home, obviously that's the physical, then our mind's more of like, you know, the actual embodiment of us. So like if the home's not clean, the mind's not clean. So that's tight because if, for me at least, if my room is messy, my car is messy, my mind is thrown off the place. So that's cool. That's the type of stuff that I know we're going to get to talk about you today, about just that, that connection between the outer and the inner world, the internal gut and the outside reflection of that, you know, because go ahead. So I, on the, I posted on the comments, I mean, on our caption, um, you have the bachelor and the masters, but go ahead and let's talk about that real quick. How did, how did we get along that journey of education? Uh, yeah, so I my college career kind of started off like a little jumpy. I uh, am really proud to be um, a first generation college graduate. Um, so I'm the first in my family um, to have a, obtain a degree from a four year university. And it took a long time. Like it took way longer than the average person. And um, I never knew exactly what I wanted to do, which is part of why it took me so long. Um, college ended up being like a chance for me to discover different things. Um, but I, I, but I always knew that there was a really important value in education. What that ended up being, what I ended up being like learning about that is completely different from when I started off. So initially like my family, my parents are from Mexico. Um, they always gave us, you know, whatever they were able to um, financially, you know, as far as like security. Um, but there was always like an emphasis on education and schooling, not necessarily that it was something that we needed to pursue. And um, I have two siblings. I have a twin brother who college was not for him. And he's an entrepreneur. He has his own business. Um, he does car body modifications. You know, it's, it's a whole different outlet for him that he ended up going toward my sister. Um, she's my baby sister. She kind of ended up going like the college, um, route, but she knew from the beginning that she wanted to be a dental hygienist. 
Um, it was a little different for me because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I, after high school, I always did pretty good in school. So that was kind of what helped me out. But I went right into community college um, because I'm kind of more creative minded. Okay. I really thought I wanted to do graphic design. Um, so my first degree that I was pursuing was a business marketing degree with a uh, like emphasis or a minor in graphic design. Do you so, feel like and that, that was, do you feel like that's playing into the marketing component of the PR podcast? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I have to say, I mean, I'll admit I, I lost a lot of like the graphic design mm. because back when I was doing graphic design, like, social media platforms were not even as big as they are now. So this was a long, you know, this was like community college. Like I was fresh out of high school. Um, but it just by chance, I had to take like a, um, nutrition class to meet one of my prerequisites, like in order to pursue, um, uh, my associate's degree. And it happened to be like a nutrition class just a random like general nutrition 101 uh, type of deal. And I fell in love with it. Like out of nowhere, it caught me off guard. And I, I, I'm not a big fan of the hard sciences, like the biologies, the microbiologies. Like to me, they were always kind of boring. But when boy, he started talking about food and <laughs> like, and, and so my professor was actually, he's a strength and conditioning coach from, uh, at the time he was at Cal Poly Pomona okay. and he was talking about concepts like intermittent fasting. He was talking about, um, like carb loading for his athletes. Like he was talking about all these different concepts and I was like blown away and, that one class, that one general education class made me switch my major. Um, I was getting ready to transfer to my four-year university, um, Cal State San Bernardino, and I looked into the program, um, and that's when I decided I wanted to pursue nutrition. So, yeah, that's, that's an interesting whole spin. You go from <laughs> business to all of a sudden, okay, we're going to go not on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, but on a complete different life path. Um, I think it's interesting because I feel, especially, you know, first generations, um, my sister is actually our first generation in the family to go to college, um, which I'm proud of her. She graduated. She actually goes to Cal Baptist. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, similarities in that story. Even for me, being the older brother, going to college, realizing this isn't for me, becoming an entrepreneur, then obviously with you and your situation, going to school, not knowing what you wanted, but knowing this is kind of what my parents want me to do. And this is kind of where we're taught is the epitome of our culture to go to school, get our degree and get a, a great career. So it's great that you said that because I didn't know that. So that's cool that we got that out. Um, now, when you went to Cal State San Bernardino, what year, um, do you mind if I ask what year was this when you went to Cal State San Bernardino? No, uh, so I transferred there uh, the fall of 2014. Okay, and the, the, Cal State San Bernardino is relatively known for their nutrition and 
um, kinesiology. No, I know for kinesiology and nutrition, or is it just a kinesiology program yeah. that you're known for? Um, well, kinesiology is big. I mean, the kinesiology department won a bunch of awards when I was first going there. So mm-hmm. when I actually first transferred there, I was taking a lot of kinesiology classes because I thought I wanted to double major okay. in nutrition um, and food science and then uh, also major in kinesiology. But I realized only because so many of the classes overlapped, right? You're mm-hmm. taking the biologies, anatomy and physics physiology, the microbiologies. Did you um, take OCHEM? But I did, yeah. yeah I heard that's uh, a piece. I, I, I might even have my textbook. I might have, <laughs> um, yeah, organic chemistry, biochemistry, like, mm. I mean, as much as I, like, it, it's challenging, but like, I think I was so excited to finally have figured out what I wanted to do. I did really well in those classes just because I was able Mm. to be like, okay, this is nutrition. This is like what it comes down to. Like, this is what you you want. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and actually, uh, well, one of our friends, um, Javier Sandoval. Yeah, he was actually in the same program um, really? for nutrition, nutrition and food science as I was. Same oh, same crap. year we graduated, like, you know, same program. Um, did you guys know each other before this or did you, because did you work out, you worked out at 24 Hour Fitness, right? Yeah. No? Okay. So I did, did. So at Fontana. Yeah. So did you guys meet there or were you guys aware of each other before class or? This, so this I, don't, I don't even realize yeah, I don't even realize exactly when it happened, but um, I know it was like a statistics class. That's what I remember because we were all at our computers, and um, I remember like I was training at Twenty Four Hour Fitness, like the Fontana gym, right? Yeah. Like, and I was like, that guy looks familiar. Mm-hmm. Like, so I don't know if he asked me or if I asked him. But I was like, do you go to 24? And at the time, like, the person we had in common was Jim. So hey, Jim Dizzle. <laughs> Jim Dizzle. Yeah. Um, and, and from that point on, it was like, oh, shoot, okay. Like, so, and and to be honest, like, because you get you get really, really close to all the people that are going through the same program, but yeah. kind of not toward, not till the end. Okay. But, I mean, we had all the same classes, like, the last two years of our program. So wow. um, same teacher, same everything, right? Wow, like, that's cool. so yeah. And he, I mean, he's a brainiac. Oh, we man. know this. Like, <laughs> so he, it's interesting yeah, talking he, to him. It's, it's really cool because he was maybe one of the, one of the only people I kind of identified with because you see in nutrition. So picture this, right? Like okay. you're in a nutrition class. You're, yeah, yeah. You're okay, in a nutrition know, class. I feel like I know where this is going. You get all of your like vegans, vegetarians, <laughs> like everybody with their little apples and Tupperware and baby carrots and blah, blah, blah. And then you get, then you get this. Javier with his rolling blue ice chest full of his bodybuilder like meals. Um, he would bring, let's see, um, a couple of our classes. Like, so he had to meet his macros, right? And carbs, yeah. like specifically. So he would bring his little bowl of cereal, his blender bottle full of milk. He'd be sitting in there like in class. Um, and then I remember like we had a class like in the library, um, the basement of the library. It's like where they had like all the, um, really high tech like like classes okay and, and it must have been right after lunch because i always have 
some kind of caffeine after lunch. We're both like caffeine fiends. So he would sit down with his little monster or his rock star. And then I would sit down with my little monster or my rock star in a nutrition class, right? Like, Uh so you're getting all these looks. (laughs) You're just like, Um, you're not supposed to be drinking that. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone has their little water with their cucumber and stuff. And it's, I mean, it's kind of cool because like you learn so much about people like um, throughout your classes, but then you learn to appreciate like the different like aspects of like, so obviously like, I kind of got into nutrition around based around like fitness. I was always like really active in school and um, I was into lifting and same with hobby. Like you could tell he was into lifting, like um, he was active. Like we would see each other at the rec center at uh, at the college, like, you know, just getting a lift in in between classes. So, um, I mean, the the program was so challenging and it's like uh, advanced human metabolism is the class that I remember like for sure that I was like, oh man, like if you know this stuff, like there's no way that you can't help somebody with their nutrition. Like, you know, so. Can we talk about that for a second? You said advanced metabolism? Yeah. So the class was called advanced human metabolism. And um, it was one of the last classes that we had of the program. And I mean, the program coordinator, her name is Dr. Chen. Uh, she was the one who was teaching the class. And basically what that class did was take all of the food science classes, all of the nutrition classes that we had taken, the biologies, and, and kind of connected all the dots. Okay. Like it's one thing to have all this knowledge. It's one thing to have all this education, but to be able to like connect everything and understand it. Um, that's what kind of gives you the wisdom. Mm. Like, so um, it, it basically what the program getting through that nutrition program does is it allows you to go one of three routes. So with nutrition, um, you can go the clinical route, which is that's what Javier ended up doing. He's a registered dietitian. So with the registered dietitian um, route, you complete your degree in a nutrition food science or nutrition dietetics uh, field. And then you go on and you have to be uh, matched and uh, complete an internship. And that internship lets you go through clinical cycles, uh, clinical rotations. You go through food science rotations, um, uh, community like community nutrition rotation. So it's like an intense, like it's another that like year intense. and a half of school. That that alone After sounds that, intense. Yeah, and not only so you do your degree, you do your nutrition, or sorry, you do your internships, and then it's not until even after that that you take a test to say, yes, I know all this. Yes, I can, you know, prescribe somebody who's on dialysis, like, um, you know, nutrition protocols. Like, so that's what a registered dietitian is. And that's why they're so highly valued. They have yeah. all that knowledge and experience. Now, I asked this to Myra and I asked this hobby on our last podcast when I had them. Now, because for me, um, with the kids I work with and then my family history of being having high diabetes, and the athletes I'm working with, and more importantly, all my clientele and a lot of the people I work with who are trainers, I always, I, you, a personal trainer will always ask, or strength conditioning coach will ask, what about my nutrition? And I always tell a lot of my peers, it's like, for me, I'm out of pocket if I give them anything because I am not a nutritionist or a dietitianist. Because like you said, because you talked about diabetes. And when you get into food and diabetes, even on, that's the reason why I asked about the advanced um, metabolism, because 
not everyone should be giving anybody a meal plan. And I feel like that's something that I think you know wanna, might want to talk about. And I know Myra talked about it, and it's something that Javi, we talked about it because I'm a firm believer that if you're not allowed, like if this is not your field, you should not be giving anybody a meal plan or any diet yeah. plan because you can seriously get damage. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Um, it's difficult though because, and we talked about this before on air because you want to believe that these people that are trying to prescribe their clients um, nutrition plans or mm-hmm. macros or meal plans or whatever it is that they're coming from a place of wanting to help. But you're right. Like if they don't have that understanding of how everything actually works, not only, okay. Cause anybody can give anybody a diet. That's like a severe calorie deficit. Calorie yes. deficit is King. If you're talking about fat loss for kids, for athletes, you want them almost always in a surplus because yes. you need them energized and performance is the uh, priority there. But exactly. so you can, you can do that and they can be successful, but what are you doing with their food relationship or what are you doing in mm. terms of like, how are you educating them, you know, to be able to prepare their meals? Are you giving them the tools to be able to go into a calorie deficit phase, then maybe cycle themselves out of that phase go into a maintenance phase? Are you giving them the tools to eventually become more intuitive? Like, are they honoring what their body is telling them? Are they honoring um, what their physical activity is telling them? Like, I mean, if you're talking high level athletes, that's one thing, but you know, moms and dads and um, you know, regular (laughs) citizens of the world, us now, (laughs) since we're all quarantined, like, your nutritional needs change like based on all of that. And I would even venture to say a little bit more, even for women, um, uh, women and female athletes like have different needs, different times of the month, like different times of their lives. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's so different. And even diet, even registered dietitians um, and nutritionists and whomever, like even they get, the ability to be specialized in different modalities, right? Like, so we all have that general knowledge about nutrition and how it works for the body, but then you have people who specialize in um, people with kidney diseases Mm -hmm. or specialize with people with diabetes, type one or type two, specialize with athletes, specialize with people with eating disorders. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot to know and it's a lot to learn. (laughs) Now, you said relationships with food. Um, That's something I would like to talk about real quick, because whether we acknowledge it or not, there is a deep relationship, emotional attachment to some food. And it could be a lot more harmful than it can be good, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, So everybody kind of has their own views of this, but I'll share mine. And for me, um, I always try to emphasize that food is way more than just calories or fuel, right? Mm -hmm. It is that it's calories and it's fuel, but it, it's also culture. Yes, it is. culture. Um, I mean, yeah. And, and you, you have to incorporate everything that food provides. Like, I mean, it's, it's, comfort when we're stressed out it's Mm. um a reason to celebrate like socially like we're kind of used to 
oh shoot, like the prima is having a birthday yeah. party. Like let's have cake and let's like you know cake. we're gonna have tacos and the beers. Um, and, the yeah, food, yeah, even alcohol. I mean, it's all the part. Tacos. It's culture, it's and culture. then you get to value and just how we would share different types of music or different mm-hmm. types of. Um, dances or you know anything that speaks to individual people's culture you get to and we're thankfully in a age of information where we get to be exposed to all different kinds of cultures we get to taste all different kinds of foods we get to not only taste it but learn to cook it and you know prepare it it's so food it's that so it's Mm. culture but it's also it's I would, I mean, obviously I'm a little biased, but it's the most important thing you do because it's the one thing you do every single day. day. I'm going to second that. (laughs) I agree. I'm a, I agree a hundred ten percent. I feel food is more than just calorie. It's more than counting calories. It's more than, it's more than that. It's culture. It's love. It's taking care of the body. It's it's deeper than just what I consume. I was even thinking today, you know, as I get older, you know, I can't eat as much chili. I get more of an upset stomach. And I'm thinking back about how much accumulation of chili I've ate. And then, my, you know, I don't get in my digestive system. I can't, I don't get a new one, right? So I was, it kind of yeah. hit me the other day. I was like, oh, crap, you know, this is what happens when you get older. You know, your, your digestive tract, your system doesn't, it does not, Co- not cooperate the same but you know you just got to realize how many you know when you live for so amount of years you the same things inside your body you know it doesn't get flushed out the same correct something like that yeah, yeah. i mean so your digestive system is the same you know organ same like group of stuff that you're born with so you have to take care of that the whole you know the entirety of your life yes you regenerate all kinds of new stuff cells and your digestive system like you know repairs itself it goes through all kinds of destruction i mean your liver thank goodness for livers and kidneys oh man that's what's detoxifying your body every single second of every single day like you have to take care of those so it's not the detox teas hell no it's not the detox teas (laughs) i just felt like that was an appropriate time um well well now we're on that subject we won't get into the detox tea itself but um the word detox do you feel that became a means of now do you be like you know we off air we talked about shreds and you do you feel like maybe detox the word itself became a hot trend not think i mean i'm pretty sure we could agree that it became such a hot trend that the word itself just became click a, a clickbait in a sense yeah so one of the things that I do have with um, the bit of my like marketing and uh, graphic design um, education that I have is that marketers are really, really good at making you realize you have a problem that you didn't even know you had. Mm. So you start saying, yeah, okay, so let me say that again. That <laughs> marketers, yeah. Yeah. Let me run it back. No, <laughs> so say it one more time. <laughs> For the people in the back, (laughs) marketers are really good at making you think you have a problem that you Mm -hmm. never knew you had. So it's, it's difficult because you, you're inundated, like you're, you're 
social media feeds, your friends, your tias, your, you know, cousins, everybody's telling you, oh yeah, like she's detoxing or he's doing this detox or you see this line of juices. It's like, oh, this is like a cleanse for your body. And it's like, oh shoot, should I be detoxing I be and cleansing? cleansing and doing, it's like, oh, okay, that sounds good. The word sounds good. The marketing sounds good. Look at all mm-hmm. this green vegetables they put on the, the label. Yeah. So when in reality, I mean, is it bad? Some of it is, some of some it of isn't, it. right? Like, so, and let's go to the two extremes. So somebody who's like, oh, you should do a detox here. Only eat fruits and vegetables and only have this source of protein, only have water, blah, 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 for this amount of time. Wow, that's so good for you. You probably did need that. But yeah. are you using that as like a opportunity to learn about your body like are you being like oh shoot like maybe i should have more fruits and vegetables and maybe i should have more lean proteins and maybe i should incorporate more of these fats and or are you doing it as like um let me test my willpower let me see how many days into this 21 day detox diet that my friend gave me that i could survive and you know the whole time in your mind you're like oh i wish i had pizza and burgers Mm. and candy and chocolate and you don't realize it at the time but that's creating poor food relationships Mm. you're you're associating like these you know beautiful fruits and vegetables and lean proteins and fats with willpower like how long can i stick this out before i can have the stuff i really want and that's not necessarily the best approach it's there's there's some general truths for most people mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables are awesome some people yes do have adverse effects like it's inflammatory you get to learn your body and you learn what fruits and vegetables work for you but for the most part the more you can eat, the better. It provides vitamins and minerals that you can't get anywhere else, that you don't even absorb, you know, anywhere else. Um, and and on the opposite, so that's like you know the the diet, the like detox diet, the cleanse diet. That's one thing. But when you see companies that are pushing um, pills and teas and um, Things that are essentially glorified, beautifully packaged laxatives, that's not good. Um, I like how you use the keyword laxative. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, of course you're going to end up losing some weight on the scale. Is Mm -hmm. it body fat? No, No. it's not body fat. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you're going to lose some weight on the scale because you're dehydrating yourself. It's a laxative, so it basically causes like bowel movements that you – don't that your body is not ready to have so um i mean on and on that token anything that's packaged that way i mean that's kind of it's sold and glorified and you know you get some beautiful girls and some cute little booty shorts and a cute little sports bra to sell it and they get a cut and you get chorro <laughs> like you know you get terrier so it's i hate to say it but i feel like at what point the fitness industry i mean it's always been, it's oh it's it's I'm. Uh, I hate saying it, but it's, it came to a point where everything became overly sexualized. Yeah, and it's and just like, damn. You can't hate on it. You can't knock you it. You can't. From a marketing perspective, it's smart. It's genius. Itself. It's yeah. like. It, I mean, that's why I'm, it's like a double-edged sword because it's like, uh, for me, like with certain. T- I always my my thing is this for people. It's don't use it. It's like you said. You pretty much summed it up. 
It's a 21-day effect. Cool. What are you going to do on day 22? What are you going to do on day 23? You didn't learn anything, like you said. You, mm-hmm. you took away everything, but mentally speaking, you did not become a new person. You just went back. You, you, you did something to replace something. Now you're going to go back to your old ways, which, you know, I, as long as it, if it starts something for you, great. But if it doesn't, it's going to take you back to block A. And then you're going to mm-hmm. have to go again for block A to block B. But yeah. it's unfortunate, but it's fortunate that, you know, the over-sexualization of the body. I mean, I think the human body's over been overly sexualized. I guess now with social media, like I'm just thinking, I just, it's funny when I said that, I just had a flash of, um, I'm thinking Greek, Greek mythology, Greek times, all this, all this, all the statues, everybody, you know, in the nude. So I think, you know, I guess as we got older, we just saw it. It wasn't as much 10 years ago. Now, 10 years later, it's like, God damn, what happened to us? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and just talking like from a public health perspective, like, cause that's another realm of health is like, uh, we're so overly like inundated with all this stuff, like, on the palm of our hands, right? Like we don't even have to work for it. You can see whatever you want to say, whatever you want to see. Yeah. Like, Oh, it's a little bit cloudy today. I feel like, you know, let's go through this, you know? So it's, you have to consider like that's having a harmful effect too. Like there's all kinds of studies coming out about, um, like erectile dysfunction in 20 year olds. It's because they're desensitized, you know, they're not seeing anything that they, that's real. (laughs) But actually, if you, actually, if you don't mind, let's actually talk about that. If you don't mind, um, because I am—I'll um, I'll use me as an example, because it's true—the overstimulation. Not even so much of just towards like you know getting being able to you know morning wood or anything like that, but just the overstimulants. Because I um I've been on, and it's funny thinking of the word detox. Um, I went off you like we talked about this earlier. Personally, I went off social media because there was so much stimulants. It was, mm-hmm. whether it was from my New Age Athletics account, the StrengthCast account, or my Artistry account, it was so much st- outside stimulants that my own, my own world or my own creativity was getting frustrated because I couldn't stimulate myself to create. And mm-hmm. it got frustrating. And it just so it takes up a lot of headspace. Oh, a lot of headspace. And I could see, and that, you know, with erectile dysfunction, it makes sense because I feel even with like dating apps, it's, it's like, it's all, it's like a, it's a click of the foot. You can't see what I'm doing, but like I'm <laughs> swipe left, swipe right. It's like, we've, um, I feel it's like we, too easy. <laughs> it's, I feel like it, by, by nature, by, I mean, even by nature, legit, legit by what's going on now, I feel like we're, we are not everybody. I don't want to say everybody, but a good collective of us, not us, let's not use us, but a good collective amount of people are accustomed now to a quick, their quick fix and move. Mm-hmm. Whether that yeah. is, whether that is through, um, not whether if it is through sex, whether it is through Instagram, whether it is through fitness, whatever it is. Now we live in a day and age where it's gratification. Now, now go, go. And with public health now, cause you have your master's in public health, correct? Yes. Okay. Now, so I, I, I'm kind of thankful you spoke on that for a second because I feel as if right now, you know, I'll, I'll just hand it out there. I'm, um, the other day I was at Stater Brothers and I want to get your take on this because I love, I love your, I, I, I don't know your full perspective on the coronavirus, but I think I, I think I already love it from what I'm seeing and how you break it down. Um, 
I was at Stater Brothers about three, four weeks ago. And this was about the second week, the first week when we had to wear a mask and you know how it, you felt heavy, right? You kind of felt there was this feeling in the air like, oh shit, right? So, um, you know, you know, my character, I'm always, I'm always willing to talk to people when you're not supposed to talk to people, when everybody's like all like shit down face. Hey guys, how are we doing today? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this, the gentleman, the clerk, we got to talking and I told him and afterwards, like I kept saying it out loud and it, and it made sense. Um, I feel as if, well, regardless of my relationship or how I feel towards the coronavirus, that's a whole different conversation. Um, I feel as if right now there's going to be a process of, tr- of trauma with the social distancing and with the face mask. Because if I'm not mistaken, we're not, we're, we're California and the Island Empire, we don't have to wear a mask right now, right? Is that true? Or is it, that- yeah. So right now you don't have to wear a mask when you're, when you're out, but okay. the county of San Bernardino is still mm-hmm. highly encouraging it. Okay. So, and they're saying more or less like if you can still practice social distancing, please do so. Okay. If you have a map mask, it's a good idea to keep it on you. Okay. But cool. it's no longer an order. Okay, because it's it's oh man, I hate going to state areas. I hate going to the market. I'm like, okay, I don't have to wear my mask, but shit, everybody else is. I don't want to. I don't yeah. mind being that guy, but at the same time, it's like I I in my shoes, I always make sure I always have eyes on me because of what I do. And I always, I don't, I, I'm the rebellious in nature, but at the same time, I know I hold, whether I want to say it or not, there is a responsibility on my shoulders right now because of all that I do that I feel like is on me now, which is not a bad thing. I think it's great, but it's always the conflicting of, damn, like I know I, I, I don't want the mask. I'm against it. First and foremost, mm-hmm. I'm against the gloves. I'm against us being at home because of not so much of just not, not for my sake of, not making money, not for the sake of not, I love being home. I thoroughly love being home. At the same time, human beings, if we, um, you could, I'm pretty sure you could even see this happening. We're become, I feel like a group of us, not us, I'm sorry, not a group of us, but I feel like there's a group that is becoming conditioned to this lifestyle that we are adapting to. And I feel like it's going to be dangerous for some people coming out of it mentally because they're so caught up on what is happening now. Yeah. Um, so with public health, um, so I'll say this. So public health uh, incorporates a lot of different areas. So you can have a concentration in nutrition and health promotion, um, uh immunology, epidemiology, that's where you get the public health specialists who are like really in the trenches with the virus. Um, You get occupational health, you get um, environmental health. So public health kind of encompasses all that. Now, the beauty of it is you get to see almost everything from, we call it the biopsychosocial lens or perspective. Wait, bio, bio what again? biopsychosocial so bio bio your biology so we're looking at people we're looking at organisms from like a biological standpoint Mm -hmm. this is from a biological standpoint yes like being in a calorie deficit is going to make you lose weight okay yes like burning more calories you know so that's biological but then you have to look at it also from a psychological standpoint what's happening like that's connecting the body and the mind like and then 
from a social standpoint. So biopsychosocial. So you can have this person and in their mind, this is what's happening. But then you put this person and their mind in society. How is that affecting that? So, yeah, I mean, woo, exactly. Uh, yeah, I love dude. public health. It's honestly... <laughs> I oh man, see, I I don't, I um I dropped out of college twice. Um, yeah, I, I went to JP College and it, I I fell in love with psychology. I and mm-hmm. I fell in love with psychology because it's the it's this you could do so much when you start. It's scary how much you could do to uh, to yourself, but to others and in a unit when you understand the makings of the human consciousness and subconsciousness. It's, just it's, hearing you talk, like I could tell that you're a very reflective, like person that you think about. You think about thinking a lot, which I, is like I, I that, hate it sometimes. Psychology heavy. No, I, I mean, and it, and if we're go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll let, okay, well, the reason why I I feel the reason why I hate it so much, but it plays out to my music a lot better now because it it I gave myself that unapologetic expression with my thinking. So yeah. uh, I, the music and the poetry allowed me to really flourish in the way I think in my thinking process, because it, outside of the poetry, outside of the artistry stuff, like there's so many times, like you said, like I just think about just thinking and then there comes the overthinking and I'm just like, stop. Yeah. That's the biggest issue. No, I mean, but thank you though. I appreciate that for real. I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> so if we're like, um, cause I don't want to skip over the coronavirus thing, right? Like that's what we kind of started off talking no, go about. Ahead. So well, if, um, that's just my normal normality going from subject to subject. It's okay. Normally okay. the good thing about George being here, George, <laughs> he is, brings kind of, it, rains he, it in. George is a sense of direction. I'm the, I'm the thought, I'm the sense. George is the steering wheel. <laughs> George is like, come back over here, buddy. I'm just like, no, let's talk about this, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, um, I would consider myself like an introvert, but I'm, when I'm talking public health and I'm talking nutrition and wellness, I mean, I could talk for days. I mean, I could talk this stuff a lot. So, um, yeah, I, I can see. So right away, um, my emphasis with my public health degree was um, health promotion. Um, so basically like health or prevention of health, uh, health like ailment. So um, my specialty is health education with that regard. So I'm focused on prevention. I'm focused on protecting people's health. So you'll never hear me make somebody feel bad for feeling how they're feeling about an issue. Mm. So when this whole like pandemic, first it was an epidemic, right? Then it turned to pandemic, blah, blah, blah. people are dealing with this in all different types of ways. And that's the beauty of people. Like people have different perspectives, are going through different emotions. It's a biopsychosocial. Like maybe somebody who's getting to stay home needed this break and they're appreciating it and they're, you know, using this time to get the rest, the rest that they needed. But then you have the person who lost their job is supporting a family, you know, their family, maybe their elderly parents um, who are at higher risk. So you get that perspective too. Um, I think 
when you talk public health, that's a science. But when you get politics involved, that's when you're starting to see like the direction that us as Americans are getting. <laughs> and we're not used to being told what to do. No. And that's the thing. Um, in like, I mean, the laws that we are all under, like tell us that if the government has to do things that are going to protect our health, then it overrides what our initial laws. So people are saying like, oh, I can't, I don't have my freedom anymore. I don't have this. I don't have that. Oh, well, God, I mean, I the wish. constitution unfortunately mentions that like, if there's something like this, this isn't the first pandemic, right? Oh, there's no, been not. a lot, but it's just the first pandemic that we're seeing so much of, and we can think social media. Yeah, I, was, can, I was just going to ask, I was going to say, <laughs> would you blame social media? Do you, well, be, let's, yeah. let me ask this real quick. Do you blame social media not blame but do you feel social media has an active role in raising the actual fear of the virus and awareness of the virus itself yeah so uh and we'll bring it back to what i said before um media marketers have a really good uh do a really good job at making you feel like you have a problem you didn't know you had right oh, you have you have like, a sneeze oh go on where they be they're gonna say you have coronavirus yeah so so that's the thing. I mean, public health people, public health professionals are doing what they're able to, to protect people, but to some degree, and we knew this from the beginning, people are going to suffer. There's going to be people that suffer way more than other people. And this is the facts, even before this virus, people are not equal i mean no. whether we want to admit it or not it's a fa it's an actual fact it's the yeah. reality of the and, world. and that's what public health works to achieve um where you say like let's create equality for everybody that's not exactly what you want you want to create equity for everybody hmm. so and what the difference is so if i have two different people if i want to create equality i give each of these two different people a dollar each okay right so that's equality one person maybe is a billionaire the other person is working paycheck to paycheck if i give them each a dollar that's equality that's not going to help i no, mean really it's, either it's of them, not right either of them, no but if you're talking equity you're going to give the person who's working paycheck to paycheck a substantial amount more than you would the billionaire you would right? yes, yes. So, so just to help them so it's in the perfect world we would have <laughs> yeah and it, it's just giving creating opportunities to let people succeed when they need to and you can talk about inequities like in terms of like income race age gender um sexual uh, you know preference any kind of like social issue you can see the inequalities and we're seeing it so, so much more now. Um, it just creates like this whole whirlwind of like things that public health professionals have to address. I, so you know, I don't mean to cut you off, but I didn't know public health was this in depth. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I said there's different concentrations and specialties for everything, but um, the reality, so I had courses in every single one of these like concepts wow. and I get to specialize in what I wanted to because I came from a nutrition fitness background my specialty is health promotion so but you get the people who are 
working in public health in a clinical setting and you know who are doctors and nurses or people who are working in public health from an environmental approach who are you know working as environmentalists or you know even archaeologists like um it's it's very broad so um that's intense that's why i love it <laughs> that's cool but, so one of the things that we are seeing like with this pandemic is yeah there's a rise in uh, mental health issues and it's just ironic so the month of may is mental health month um, and that's just when public health organizations get to really push all the resources and get to um, promote all the things that they have going on in order to reduce the stigma of mental health and getting people the like confidence to like access resources and care and whenever they need it, especially now. This month also happens to have been the very first week of the month um, was sexual health, like equality or sexual health for all is, was the like hashtag. Um, and that's uh, kind of tying into maternal mental health. So Mother's Day week, we had maternal mental health and that's talking about mothers um, and pregnant women and people who are recently like postpartum. So I did a little post on my Instagram about like mothers and mental health. And then this week is um, women's health week. Oh, so perfect. just everything. So I mean, I mean, there's something to celebrate every day, right? Well, can I ask but, you this? Cause I, I'm, you know how like we, for me, like mental awareness, I feel as it's great that we have a month of it, but I feel I feel indifferent about the whole, I mean, there's a pro and con to having the awareness month, right? We're aware that we have the month of it, but I feel as if it's something that needs to be spoken a lot more than just the whole month. I feel it's yeah. because, you know, especially us being, my, um, you know, I wouldn't say minorities anymore because I feel like we're not minorities anymore. That's a whole nother conversation. But I feel as us as people of color, you know, us being Latinos, and then, you know, uh, our African, the American community, too, it's it's mental health is something that is not spoken about enough. Mm -hmm. It's kind of something and, that's put in the back. Yeah. And that a lot of that comes from culture because we get um, in traditional cultures, like with Hispanic cultures. And that's what I can speak to because that's what I am. You get like you have a, a matriarch, like right, the mother of the household or mother figure. And then you have the father role who he's the provider. Mom takes care of the cooking, the cleaning, you know, the home. And then you have mm -hmm. the kids. And that's kind of just the culture. That's what we're accustomed to. But um you just have to like be able to change kind of with the times and appreciate and adapt to um, the different norms that were presented. So now we're seeing more and more mothers working and fathers are not the only breadwinners for a lot of households. They can't do that. Right. So for no, a lot of households, you need multiple incomes. You need so, multiple so how do you create that like from a society perspective and you have to have that financial like support with the family, but you can't change culture that fast. You know, you can't all of a sudden be like, okay, it's okay to be equals in the household. It's okay to talk about all these stresses that you're going to, that you were never accustomed to seeing. So mm. like men specifically, like with mental health, like a lot of cultures don't, let men feel their feelings and at all. 
feelings and talk about their feelings and cry. And, and sometimes, like we say, it doesn't come out of a place of, um, from a negative place. A lot of the times it comes from like innocence. Like, so when you're a kid, uh, a little boy, if he starts crying, if he falls down, he might've heard, don't cry. You're a boy, like toughen up. You're fine. You know? And maybe in one way, like, you're like, he really is fine. Like he's going to be okay. It's just a little scratch. But then in his mind, he could have been like, Oh shoot, I'm a boy. So I'm not supposed to cry. Mm. I mean, all these messages that we're getting as like a kid and as teens and as, you know, young adults, it's all developing like what we internalize, um, whether it's valid or whether that's what ends up, you know, it's a, we don't realize it, but that, that comment of being, Oh, I'm a boy. I'm not supposed to cry that just made me realize like that plays out long term more than a man will ever know. That's crazy. If you think about it. Yeah. Wow. I I, I had to pause for a second. Yeah. And think about how many boys are still getting that message. So, which, which, like we said, it's not coming from a place of, you know, like harm. Nobody wants to harm their adulthood when they're saying things like that, but they're also not aware. It's just, you don't know what you don't know. It's unfortunate, but it is, it is a repetitive cycle because it's, it's my mom, my mom was the way she was with me because that's how the way she was with her, her, her mom was the same way. So Mm -hmm. it's like, this is a repetitive cycle. And I think it's great that we're talking about this because hopefully, you know, with I, my biggest concern is always to break the chain. What chain yeah. we're trying to break? Let's just break a chain. Whether that's a mental chain. You would have been perfect for public health. <laughs> you know, it's fun. So, and, and join our no, team. No, <laughs> like, no, it's fun just like talking to you. Like in my head, I'm like, you know what? I will, I'm because, you know, I'm, I'm always, I always love to sit down and just talk and, and stuff like this. Like with, especially when that's based upon, because for me, um, with, I feel like I spoke about this on this episode. Like I definitely feel like there's a community that I'm involved with. And, you know, with music, it's allowed me to tap into a whole different um, a different community. And, you know, we think music, and this is the part of music, I, I, I'm just like, why? Everything starts late. Everybody's out late. Everybody's eating junk food late. Everybody's, you know, drinking. Everybody's smoking. I'm like, yo, guys, like, is, is this like what we do for, is this what you guys do for a living? Because it's for me, it's like, I'm, I'm the opposite guy of the spectrum. Like, I, I'm late to the music party but I want to be out early. I want to be in bed by a certain time. I can't be eating this. I have my gallon of water with me. Oh, I can't bring it into this club, but I'm going to perform. I can't bring my water in the side here. What's going on? So it's interesting seeing the different dynamics of both, of both walks of my life from like friends, like such as you, Javi, and then my artist friends, like n- nothing against any of them. It's, it's, I'm not here to bash it, but it's my, you know, they live a different lifestyle than what I'm accustomed yeah. to. So it's a big wake up call. And just talking to you, I'm just like, man, I, I, I saw like a classroom setting, you just standing there on a black whiteboard and a bunch of just random people just like asking questions like, what if we did this? What if we did that? How can we get this? How can we get that? Like a mastermind principle. I always, I always see that. It's fun. Yeah. And I mean, like, I want to just touch back to like how you mentioned you have friends like at all different, like you know, you have your science nerds, you have like your artist friends, you have this, but I mean, it's uh, kind of goes back to you too, like your just ability to have like acceptance and like kind of fit in and, and connect with people on different 
levels, you know, it's, it's hard to get people to step out of the comfort zone. So it's, it's, you know, you get your people who are just niche and all their friends are all gym rats and that's Mm -hmm. it. And, you know, and they don't understand why everybody is not in the gym, you know, breaking PRs and like getting pumps and like having their protein shake right after (laughs) they don't get why they, you know, why not everybody is like that, but it's kind of like, it kind of opens up a new world if you're able to like invite other people into your life with different interests. It's kind of, I think it was needed for me to get away from that everyday gym, 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 gym life and welcome another side of my lifestyle to me. (laughs) But, um, you, um, you made, you said something, Oh man, I just slipped my mind too. Um, I'm gonna have to try to get back to that because it had. Oh, I'm hopefully I get my mind back to it. You, oh man, you've been saying a lot of stuff, and I'm just like, damn it. Um, <laughs> no, but it's interesting. Just know the interesting dynamic of being able to adapt. Oh no, now I remember. Okay, um, you said that you you've learned to not make people feel guilty for the way they live their life, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, I for th- feeling I- how they feel because. People react to adversity. People respond to stressors in all different types of ways. And you kind of like people just have different languages, like Mm. emotional languages, like, you know, actual languages. Like, um, and it's just, you don't have to know that language. You just have to, you know, appreciate it. You just have to kind of step back and be like, okay, that's, I, I don't understand. I don't speak that language, but let mm. me go ahead and let them, you know, as long as they're not harming themselves or anybody else. And <laughs> I, I think that's the key to, I think that's a key to building relationships and long-term relationships is it's that it's not judging. It's, it's real. It's, it's realizing all the harm and the, and the outcomes and running it through you, through your mind of like, Hey, this is what you're doing. This is a possibility, but learning to, you know, hold the tongue more than speak on it sometimes mm-hmm. more than, and I've, and I've learned that. I think when you're young, when I was younger, it was always, no, you can't do that. That's not good. But then you're just like, okay, this is not my place anymore. I'm just gonna, you know, well, I'm gonna sit down. Yeah. Or, or don't sit down and speak your mind, but just be able to like appreciate that somebody might not be ready to have that conversation. Like if someone tells <laughs> you, no, we don't do that. And if you like value and trust the relationship enough to be like, well, why not? And question it and Fair then point. have a conversation, then you can. But you know, if it's just as a stranger or like your neighbor or something, maybe, <laughs> maybe just hey let, them, let hey, them. Neighbor, hey neighbor, I don't think you should be doing that. You know, yeah. don't do that. No, but that's, you know, that's true. Me. <laughs> You're not going to tell me what to do, uh, but that's yeah. true. No, that's a good point. But um, we have a few questions. Um, and I have another, I have, I, well, I'm gonna ask these two questions and I have a personal question. Um, so the two questions, um, Andrea, um, a family friend of ours, actually, um, she's a one, she's actually, um, I'm actually going to give her a shout out real quick. Um, I want to give Andrea a shout out. She's a close family friend of ours. Um, very good friends with my sister and, you know, just good friends with everybody else in the household. Um, she's lost tremendous amount of weight. Her boy, her, I'm sorry, fiance, Coach X, he actually has his own meal prep company called, um, called um, Savage Eats. So I want to give both of them a shout out. Young, young entrepreneurs, you know, taking the fitness and, you know, realizing what they could do with this. So that's cool. Um, a few questions she had to ask were, where did, we'll start with one um, and I'll connect you with the other one. Where did you go to school? Uh, well, yeah, but where'd you go to school? We talked okay. about that earlier, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I'm a local kid, so I went to um, 
San Bernardino Valley College was a community college that I went to, and then I transferred to Cal State University San Bernardino to get um, my bachelor's and master's degree, both from there. Okay, cool. So you got both of them from how? Um, how long did the master's take? If you don't want me asking. Two years. Oh, so cool. that one I did. Hell yeah. Yeah, I had to. Man, that's expensive and oh, it's so stressful. I, <laughs> I did not have a lot. Those two years. There was blood, sweat, and tears. So I'll I, tell you that. <laughs> like, I, I believe that. And then your <laughs> second question, what made you want to pursue your degree in food and science? Okay, so um, I mentioned this before, and it was just one random class. And uh, I'm really thankful that for that one random class, because if it wasn't for that, I would have never found my passion in nutrition, nutrition and fitness, and then eventually in public health. But I kind of have to say there's probably a part of me that uh, had that. My dad is a cook. So my dad, uh, that's his profession. Okay. And yeah. So, I mean, food is a big part of that explains why you, whenever you cook, it looks amazing. I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I, I know women are naturally, I feel like women are naturally better um, cooks than men because it's in your, it's, it's just in your the blood. You know? And culture too. It's in the culture. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'm just like, I know it's not because, you know, I'm not saying that, but it's like, I know she, she, what does she, what does she have that around her that's just making this food look so amazing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just and my dad is is self-taught. Like, I mean, he he he, like let me get in the kitchen and, you know, make create dishes out of like whatever we had. I mean, I was a kid that grew up like our family was on food stamps. Like we got like aid from the county we got. So my parents like worked with what they had. Oh, yeah. I was never hungry. I'll tell you that. Mm. And I just really learned to appreciate like the flavors, the colors, the textures, like Mexican food, and specifically my dad's Mexican food is my favorite food of all time. So um, there was a part of me that I feel like always would have ended up somehow cooking. I okay. mean, yeah, if any, if anything, it would have been a really big hobby. So I also you, taught um, a cooking with kids class, like when okay. I was going through college. So do you feel one day you might dab into the culinary arts deeper than what you're doing now? Um, maybe I would keep it as something that I would do just for fun because okay. I, I realized like being cooking for people, it's hard. No, dressed. that's a whole, oh, hell yeah. no. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother monster yeah. in itself. Like it's one thing to cook for your own palate and your own taste and stuff, but then you but have for to others. Yeah. No, yeah. And, then, no. and I taste too much. I'd be tasting. So it wouldn't go, it would not be. People not are too well picky. Me. People are too picky with their eating. <laughs> Now, um, let's just have some fun with these next questions. Um, some of them are serious. Some of them aren't. Um, this is just because I know you. Um, your top three coffee. Actually, give me your top three coffee creamers. Oh, man. Okay, so. By the way, these questions are going to be so random, but they pertain to what you do daily. Okay, so I'm going to be 100% honest. Most of the time, I just drink my coffee black. Um, but I am a fan of like tasting different creamers and different like things. So I recently discovered oat milk. So it's silk. Oh shoot. It's it's silk brand, like the silk milk, um, Mm -hmm. it's like a soy milk, but silk, it's their oatmeal cookie, oat milk creamer. Where'd you get that? Uh, this was Sprouts. Okay. I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm a do DoorDash tonight and there's a Sprouts by one of the restaurants (laughs) I go to frequently. So I'm gonna have to stop by. Yeah. So if you like the like 
oatmeal cookie, like cinnamony. I love like, oatmeal cookies. Yeah. And I'm like, so for, it just tastes like that. for my coffee for breakfast? Yes. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so other two favorite creamers. So I, I like caramel in my coffee, so caramel flavor. So okay. any, probably anything caramel. Um, and then I guess my last would just, I'm so boring, huh? And my last would just be like a vanilla or something. Something, no, I really I feel, like the taste of coffee. So I was going to say, I was going <laughs> to say, I, I, I feel like you actually appreciate good high quality coffee grounds. That's probably what it is. Yeah. You, 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 you want the, you want, you want coffee and creamer, not creamer with coffee. Correct. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or is it, I say that <laughs> you, splash. you just, yeah, you just want the splash. You don't want the people who yeah. just, you, you want your coffee to be a more of a macchiato, not more of a, um, a brownish color versus a, a, a wider color, like a lighter color. Right. Correct. Cool. Yep. That's what I figured. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. top three, I only, I'm going to say three, um, top three, three of your favorite meals that you make. Okay, number one is green chicken enchiladas oh, from man. scratch. I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to pull. Well, I mean, not the- <laughs> look. Before, aside, no, when quarantine's over, I'm just gonna knock on the door and just be like, "Hey, don't ask me how I found your address, but I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm here for the cookout. Okay, I brought here, a plate. I, I heard there's a cookout, and I'm the only one yeah. invited. I have my plate. What's up? Yeah. Um, okay, so green chicken enchiladas. Um, Oh man, it's I haven't eaten in a while, so I'm hungry, and everything sounds good right now. So, I, okay, so I'm a big burger person. I like Ooh, burgers. So, burgers. and my go-to is like a, a big burger, usually with bacon and cheese, and then sweet potato fries. Are you oh, know man. if if they're oh. available, that's what I'm getting. Uh, I'm uh, I'm hungry now. Okay, and then number three. I'm going to do my favorite dessert, which is frozen yogurt. Okay. Oh, yogurt. Okay, so, cool. Yeah. And I'm a toppings kind of girl. So oh, I yeah, I've seen basic. that. I go basic with the flavors and then I do fruit and nuts and chocolate and coconut and, you know. <laughs> it's, it's always fun seeing the food. I'm just like, okay, okay, that's what we're getting today. Um, so it's like a, every spoonful is an adventure, you know. That's true. Um, so on the first episode that we dropped this month, um, it was after Mother's Day um give you don't mind giving me you know just one standout moment between you and your mom and if you could yeah yeah just one moment with you and your mom and if you could say one habit or characteristic she has brought into your life that you learned from her what would it be okay so i think one of the biggest like most important moments that i had with my mom was um the day the morning of my graduation for my bachelor's degree oh man um and that was just like she had like a little my graduation ceremony was in the nighttime so we had like a little brunch just with the family and um like it was right before like i had invited a friend to come do my makeup and hair and stuff so i was still looking kind of like half whatever <laughs> she just like <laughs> yeah, i wasn't that cute yet <laughs> but she just like grabbed my face and gave me a big hug and she's just Aww. like i know how hard you worked this That's- means so much to you but it means a lot to me like and i have a picture of the hug and everything. oh and it was hell like, yeah yeah so and it's just like and i mean if that's one thing like i mean this isn't the second question but like one thing i got from my mom is like 
really good hugs. Like my brother's a really good hugger. My okay. sister's a good hugger. We're a touchy feely family. So I hugs love hugs are everything. <laughs> hugs are the way you yeah. hug, the way you hug somebody and the, the way somebody hugs you, but more importantly, the way you receive that hug speaks volumes. Yeah. Volumes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think the biggest uh, takeaway um, that I learned from my mom, both of my parents, but my mom um, is like work ethic. So, I, I was going to comment on that behind you too. No one can really see it. But speaking of the devil, it says work ethic right behind her Annabelle right now at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's kind of that's the culture. what I've always kind of kept in mind. Yeah. Like, I mean, my parents didn't have much. We didn't have much growing up. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do in college. I just knew I had to work hard and work smart and, you know, take breaks when I needed, evaluate mm. like my processes, like just like my work ethic. So um, I know they instilled that in me and like I, I value it so much because I got to see like a lot of my colleagues like in classmates going through my grad school program who just didn't have that, um, who just struggled a lot, lot mm. more, you know, and in different ways than I struggled. But I mean, they're brainiacs. They're all brilliant but they just struggle different <laughs> it's, it's interesting how you know parents just by who they are and then us being young kids seeing that like same thing with George and you know him being brought up the way he was and always having something there to eat and the same thing with you and I, you know it's a great I love I love the culture of us you know Latinos we um mm-hmm. we, we find a way yeah we find a way um I you just say exactly it's a beautiful thing um thank you um i i know for a fact we're gonna we're gonna have you on again um i feel like we barely touched the surface of a lot of things and i think i might i might just have i might just give us you know i might just give you your own little series with us if you're down i think yeah. I, I i yeah it'll be fun i really i i really want to pick apart your brain and um and i honestly like i feel like long in somewhere near the future i would love to sit down and like sit down in front of a whiteboard with you and record a conversation and record the video and get i i I feel like with your with your knowledge and i feel like with the people my community and the way i who i am and i feel like we could really do something on a collaborative effort with the people we know too and you know start making bigger strides to a more healthier um future and that's not not that isn't so much just pertaining to health as in physical it's also mentally and spiritually i think it'd be great and i think right now is a good time to you know take those kind of steps towards that kind of future yeah no i'm i'm so down as long as you have coffee or food i'm there (laughs) i'll make sure i got coffee food and i'll bring sweets that's all we need and then i'll have my abuelita (laughs) cooking in the background um there we go see there we go. Me to, to we got it. Yes, I, I made it. Yeah, I made it. We, we did it. Cool. Um, so obviously, Annabelle, would you like to say anything before we close off this episode? Uh, no, I mean, I just appreciate the opportunity. It's kind of weird being on like I know <laughs> this end of it, and and it's a lot of fun just talking about what I'm passionate about. I mean, like we did a really broad stroke, and I'm kind of all over the place. So oh, yeah, yeah. If your listeners are interested, or if you're um, we can definitely get into more specific and get really deep into details and give like actionable advice for people. We will. Um, 
I think um because I did want to I think we'll 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 probably the next time we meet I'll talk to George but we'll definitely probably just leave it for the menstrual cycle because that's one of the okay. biggest things I wanted to touch upon today but I was like just let the conversation go let it flow organically and I'm <laughs> and I'm glad we did that because I think one one of the things I love about this podcast it's um it's we 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 wanted to be serious in nature but we realized that it's sometimes we need to have a good laugh. Yeah, always. I, uh, yeah, yeah, especially with the podcast. So I think we we get it. We like you guys do on your guys' podcast. It's let's get serious, but we we gotta have a good time doing this. Yeah, it's, no. I mean it helps when you got like Joseph and Morgan are so oh, inappropriate most oh, of the time. So I'm like, I'm just I listen to the podcast. <laughs> I, I'm thankful I get to see Morgan frequently because I'll look at him and I'll just look at the podcast. And I'm just and I'll just show him my screen and I'll and I'll roll my eyes and we'll just start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. I mean it's a lot of fun. It's it's, fun. No, I love listening to you guys. But thank you for being here. Um, your Instagram, it's if I'm not mistaken, evolve Annabelle, correct? Evolve Annabelle, yes. Do you have any other social media platforms, or is Instagram the only? Um, Instagram, pretty much the the one I'm active on the most. Um, it's linked to my Facebook, but I'm hardly on there. And then, um, yeah, I mean, PR podcast, that's PR.podcast is our podcast. Um, and then um, bummed George couldn't make it after all. I but. know, but <laughs> hopefully he's doing good. And yeah. um, I'm excited to hear this back. Actually, I learned a lot and that's what I wanted to do. Um, <laughs> and then we did actually, it's funny because we didn't even talk about all the note, all your things that I bragged about you. But we'll, as I'm saying, we'll, we'll touch up on that next time. Um I already asked you if you wanted to say anything else, but anything else before we shut this off? I think that that could be it. In the meantime, I'm happy to share, like, especially if you wanted to talk menstrual cycle and like female athletes and women in training, I can share a couple infographics with you and your audience and stuff that I've had that kind of breaks it down, like surface level stuff, but it's still information that, um, it's kind of crazy not more women know about them. But do actually do that. That'd be awesome because then what I'll do is um I'll I'll give like a timeline of content leading up to this episode and then something we could reference for the next episode too. But yeah, that that'd be awesome if you could do that. Cool. 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 And good. Well, that's, it, that's it for me then. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Thank you. For real, for real this time. <laughs> for real. Oh, I'm gonna ask you probably again because I forgot that already did. I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Well, George, on behalf of George and myself with New Age Strengthcast and our wonderful guest that we had today, Annabelle, I appreciate all the gems that you kicked today. And we'll continue to talk. And then, you know, on our behalf, we want to thank you guys for being here and have a great week, rest of your week. Thank you guys. Thank you. Hold on, let me...